0: Today is the only today you will ever get. So whatever day it is right now, say that date out loud. That's the only one of those you ever get. This date for me is no different than September 22nd, 2022. That was the only one that we got as well. But I have regrets about how I made the most of that specific date, September 2nd, 2022. But because of my addiction to appreciation, I'm here with you now, and what I learned that day is here with all of us now. I'm gonna tell you in the time we have why my addiction made that day an amazing disappointment and why today will be different. My name is Tim and I'm gonna teach you how to get addicted to appreciation. So according to Oxford, addiction is defined as physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop taking it without incurring adverse effects. Sounds super harsh. So how are addiction and appreciation intertwined? How could I say that I'm actually addicted to it? Well, I'm dependent on it, and without it, I feel the adverse effects of lack of joy, lack of energy, lower levels of empathy, and I'm just simply not enjoying all the delicious treats that life has to offer every day. So yeah, you could say that I'm addicted to it because without it, I just don't function as well. And I'm okay with that. And I'm here to tell you how you can be too. But let's go back to September 2nd, 2022. I'm in Cologne, Germany. Speaking at something called DMX Co., which is basically like a high-end premier marketing and social media conference in Europe. Think Ad Week, Social Media Week for Europe. It still blows my mind, but I believe that appreciation is actually what got me there in the first place, right? So I'm 45-year-old corporate schmuck, and I'm in Cologne, Germany, because I got invited by a German social media company to go speak at this conference, uh, which is nuts. But I think it's my addiction to appreciation that actually got me there in the first place. I started making TikToks in August of 2019, And I brought my appreciation to that party. For those that are listening right now, it's probably because you know me on TikTok. And one of my favorite parts about all of this is that I've always been doing these things with the exception of making TikToks. But the rest of it, the schedule, the daily routine, like none of this has been an outcome of it. I'm just actually sharing it now and sharing it on a consistent basis. So I brought my appreciation with me to that TikTok party, so to speak, and I believe it's why at forty-five I'm able to say that I've got over eight hundred thousand followers, which is feels absolutely bonkers. And I've got a high level of engagement. Y'all are super kind to me. You, you guys go and you watch, and you engage with stuff like things perform. Well, I see performance numbers that outperform people with many more followers than I do. You guys are amazing. But I think it's because of my appreciation and how that kind of shines on the day in and day out stuff that I post about. It starts with the simple stuff. I appreciate being able to get out of bed in a relatively healthy way every morning, right? The fact that I've got functioning ears to hear my alarm at 4.02 is a gift. And with a relatively clear mind that can get out and know what to do, walk over to the phone, shut it off. I appreciate the fact that the bedroom that I wake up in is this gift of this, what was an abandoned house for 15 years. And now I get to sleep on the top floor. that was once a kitchen and I distinctly remember what a, (laughs) what an absolute disaster was when we first got it. I appreciate the face on the pot-bellied pig that is the home screen of my phone. So that's what I see when I get up in the bedroom from the house that was abandoned for 15 years and go over and turn off my phone. And there's a potbelly pig kind of smiling at me because it was an absolute gift. That potbelly pig was once mine. Her name is Cholula. And what an absolute gift it was to be able to raise her. I appreciate the fact that I've got a wife of 17 years who is laying in bed next to me. Most likely, say, 99% of the year, we have the privilege of sleeping next to each other. And I don't have a choice in the matter. She cuddles the hell out of me, even if she's a thousand degrees. And I appreciate the understanding that when it comes to every small, tiny touch point that she just brings a different kind of brightness to our world. She's just an incredible human being. I appreciate the fact that when I, hear my alarm, get out of bed fully functioning, appreciate the fact that I was just able to lay next to my wife of 17 years in bed in this bedroom from the house that was abandoned for 15 years that we brought back to life. See that smiling pot pig face who is no longer ours, but something that will be a part of me forever. I then grab this basket of stuff, which has my workout clothes in it. It's kind of an idiot-proof way for me to sneak out of the bedroom at 4 o'clock in the morning so that I don't make noise, that I don't try to get dressed right next to where my wife is sleeping. I just grab my stuff and I head out. Pretty basic bunch of stuff, all black Nike, you know, kind of your usual run-of-the-mill workout stuff, but I love the fact that I've got this bucket of stuff. It's my stuff, and I get to bring it downstairs, and I just like the way, I like the way it fits. I like the way I look and all black Nike stuff for some reason, and I appreciate that as well when I sneak out of the pitch dark bedroom and I start to head downstairs, I go past my daughter's bedroom, right? So keep in mind that up to this point that we've talked about a minute of my day, we've talked literally about four Oh two to four Oh three every single day that like that, the amount of appreciation, these are things that are, that are consistently in my head on a, I was, for many hours as I'm awake, right? I'm not always so happy-go-lucky that I'm just like uh, completely oblivious to the, my own challenges or the challenges of the world, but this appreciation that I'm describing is with me on a consistent basis. I Obviously, we don't have the time for me to keep describing this on a second-by-second manner because <laughs> this would take forever and I'm not here to make extraordinarily long podcasts. I want to give you things that are digestible, actionable, and you can get in and out and get on with your day. If I even started to go into the list of things that I'm appreciative for that are tied to the fact that in the next bedroom over, there's my 10-year-old daughter. And what a joy it is to say that I'm Evelyn Elda's dad. Like, no way. I got no shot. <laughs> this thing, A, I would just be an emotional wreck because what a gift it is to be a dad it's really weird. It's a very, very, very surreal experience for those of you that are younger and don't have kids yet. Good grief. It is so weird. People say that changes your life forever. Yeah, it changes your life forever. But at the same time, you don't change. <laughs> I'm still the same dumbass that I was. So I can't help but look over her sometimes and be like, where did you come from? <laughs> what are you doing here? You're such a funny little human and you're now in my house and we live together. That's so weird, but it's amazing too. So we went through about a minute of the day, and I'm telling you about these things that I'm appreciative for. But if you've seen my stuff, you see my TikToks, you know that that's kind of the way that I look at things in general. It's at the core of this life that I'm able to live, and I believe it's the reason that people follow me on TikTok, because it seeps in everything I'm talking about, fitness, sneakers, career perspective, protein bars, riding the subway, sushi, beer, popcorn – the concept of snack hour, my family, and just my day in general. And that appreciation helped fuel my TikTok growth, which put me on the map of a guy named Martin, which is what got me to DMX Co. And September 22nd, 2022. And because I appreciate what a gift it is to be able to share these things that are in my head and for people to actually recognize it, it you know, to me it just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense that a forty-five year old dude with a real job that doesn't do the content thing for a living, that that this is all happening and that there is just an exorbitant amount of work that goes into doing this on the side, but it's simply because I love the process. And by the way, I could do an entire presentation just about my level of appreciation for my job and the 240 people that are on my team and what a gift that is in general to be in charge of people's livelihoods to a certain extent, right? As, as, as a boss, I feel like you are inherently in a position where it is a privilege to try to set other people up to be successful. And me doing my job well helps them do their job well. And that's a responsibility. And that's why I look at things in a servant leadership type of capacity. So we've established that appreciation is at my core and that my core, everything fuels my TikToks. And even though I make myself cringe on a consistent basis, when I overshare at some points, these, these TikToks have made my connection to Martin. Martin reaches out, sends me a DM via LinkedIn that I'm actually thankful that I, saw in the first place and basically invited me to go to Germany to speak at this thing called DMXCo. And they said I can open the stage for him that day and I've got twenty three minutes and can do basically whatever I want. We chatted, found some time to chat, chatted, talked through the dates and logistics, and I was like anything? Like what's the assignment? Give me give me something specific. Right, I'm a corporate guy, so I'm thinking very specific tactics, presentation mode There are pieces between the creator space and the corporate space that I still have not been able to fully peel apart. I'm like, anything? It's like, yeah, anything. It's kind of daunting, right? You get a blank check, hey, here's time to go speak in front of a lot of people, and you're being invited by people that think highly of you. That can be a bit of a daunting task. But I'm like, yo, well, I'm a thousand percent in. You're inviting me to go to Germany, you're gonna you're gonna fly me out there, you're gonna put me up, and I'm get to go and speak at this conference. Like, I love the opportunity. I'm a thousand percent in. So I say yes, and then I go back to my basically four AM to ten PM daily routine with my family and my work and the day to day content that I'm trying to make. And every once in a while I'm like, fuck, what am I gonna do with those twenty three minutes? And one day I get an email from Eva, who works for Martin, and she asks, hey, what's the name of the presentation going to be? I'm like, shit, I've been thinking about this thing a lot, but I haven't put anything structurally together yet. Again, day job, running a 240-person team, and while all of this appreciation is always swirling around me, I have to be very specific and diligent in my day-to-day to to make sure that I'd be able to check all the boxes to just take care of my general responsibilities. So I had been thinking about this, but I hadn't crafted anything yet. So I'm like, shit. And literally on the spot, I said, how about a title called Care More But Give Fewer Fucks? How authentic storytelling is the key to brain growth and personal growth. They're like, great. Like, okay, I mean, these are things that I believe felt a little aggressive to say it. And it was one of those ones I typed it or then read it out loud as I <laughs> sent the email to say, hey, how about this? Uh, I kind of cringed a little bit, but I'm like, all right, cool. Hopefully it gets people's attention. I can talk to that very easily for 23 minutes, but I'd also kind of felt weird. Anyway, sent that email. They say, great. And I go back to the same routine and it's very easy for time to just fly by. I don't know, a handful of weeks go by at this point and then all of a sudden I get another email that's that basically says, hey, we need your presentation in five days. I'm like, shit, that crept, <laughs> that crept up super fast. And look, I'm really good about when it comes to work and again, career coming first and foremost, when it comes to like the content as the side hustle to say the least. I am extraordinarily diligent about hitting timelines and setting things up so that when I'm presenting something, I'm sending it in advance so when I actually get into the room and present, there's there's enough of a heads up of what are we going to be talking about? How can we make the time as efficient as possible? Like We've got very specific rigor in a very corporate environment. But again, this is side hustle. So yeah, this one snuck up on me and all of a sudden I got five days to turn this thing around and I want it, I want it to be really good too. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll figure it out. So I put together what I thought at the time was actually really, really good. And also kind of assuming that I can pass along a first draft in advance, as long as I get them something before the actual due date, that I can pass something along in advance to be able to hopefully get some feedback. Assuming that somebody is going to look at it just from a quality control perspective, maybe feedback like, hey, this analogy is not going to make a lot of sense. Don't forget that most people in the room are speak German first and foremost or, hey, this joke may not land well because of whatever circumstances that are happening in their geopolitical climate but not in ours or whatever. So I don't really get much feedback other than looks good and please change the title slide to include blank, blank, and blank. Cool. I go back to my day job. Time flies by. Next thing I know, I'm on a red-eye to Amsterdam, make my connection to Dusseldorf, jump on a train to Cologne, Germany, and I run nine miles as soon as I get there because I'm in the middle of training for the New York City Marathon, and I'm just so stoked to be in Cologne. (laughs) I mean, uh, traveling in Europe is incredible to begin with, and I've got a distinct memory of what it was like when I was in my early 20s and took this pretty long basically i took a bought a one-way ticket to amsterdam and had about a 30-day window between when i arrived and when i knew i was probably going to go home rented a car and just drove around and this was the first time i'd been back in europe by myself in 20 something years i'm like this is This is nuts, especially when you keep in mind my addiction to appreciation. Like, I'm soaking in all of the details. Like, everything is just incredible to me. I'm on fucking cloud nine. I'm elated to be there. I am in Cologne, Germany to speak at a conference because I have this goofy outlook on life that is rooted in appreciation, which has been fueling my TikToks, which led me to a guy named Martin who says that I'm his favorite creator since Casey Neistat. Like, this is, <laughs> there's a lot of days where I'm like, what is happening? And that in particular was definitely like, what the fuck is happening? This isn't real. I can't believe this is because I started making TikToks and it's appreciation that is, that is behind that. I finally meet Martin in person that night. There's a series of events and I'm not, I'm an introvert by nature, actually. And so I wasn't super stoked about what the events were, but I'm also just, I'm elated to be there. And I'm so thankful that Martin invited me to this thing. So the first thing I do outside of go for a run and just dust myself off a little bit, I'm kind of whacked out because I'd been, you know, took the red eye to Amsterdam the night before, but I'm making sure that I get there right as the this event starts so that I can go and finally meet martin in person and shake his hand and thank him so much for having me out there so we're standing there at this event kind of a random but super fun cool scene have a great conversation so easy to talk to and eventually like probably like fifteen twenty minutes into the chat I'm like oh by the way did you did you check out the presentation' we're like what do you what do you think and he's like i didn't <laughs> I didn't look at it Maybe he didn't say it that way, but he's just he. But he had not. Short answer was he had not seen it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like, you no worries, man. You can do no wrong. It's gonna be amazing. And I start immediately start freaking out. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this isn't good. I start freaking out because I'm assuming that that there was, I don't know. I'd I'd made this assumption that especially because I come from a very corporate environment that several people would have seen this thing and that it was reviewed and approved across the board. I'm again, thinking extraordinarily corporate rigor and process. My mistake, a thousand percent Tim's mistake. Now I'm questioning everything about it, right? I'm immediately in like disaster and panic mode. I feel woefully unprepared. And it's because I didn't feel like I appreciated the opportunity enough. Let me repeat that. I believe that my assumptions were due to the fact that I didn't appreciate the opportunity as much as I could have or should have. I didn't mean that I wasn't appreciative to be there, but I kind of let myself down in that moment. I practiced this, but again, this wasn't my job, so there's only so much time that I could commit to it. On the side, I mean, I've got it was budget season at work. We had several new brand campaigns that were launching. You know, I'm I hold myself accountable for the weekly agendas and myriad recaps that go out on a day to day basis with my job. Not to mention family stuff and just trying to continue to make TikToks every day. So, yeah, I could have said that this was my best based on the time that I had, and just been like, okay, cool, but. I didn't let my appreciation run wild like I should have that would have helped me pause and ask questions like, hey, can somebody check these jokes? Is there anything about the timing that doesn't feel right? Things that would have at least made me feel like I fully, 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 fully harnessed everything that was within this presentation and the opportunity. Alright, so now it's Thursday, September twenty-second, right? I landed, went to the I landed, went running, went to the event, met Martin. It's now the next day, and now I'm presenting. I wake up at four as I do every day, even though it's ten o'clock at night back home. I try to stick to the morning routine and I'm wasted on appreciation out of the gate. I go run five miles per my running coach's instructions. Running coach is my wife, by the way. The Rhine, I get to run along the Rhine, which is looking gorgeous. It is like the German air is crisp. I'm thinking how lucky I was to be born in 1977 and a time that meant I probably didn't have to go fight in World War II or definitely didn't have to go fight in World War II. Like these random thoughts that just pop into my head when I'm traveling and especially when I'm traveling in places that I have some historical context for. So like those are things that I am genuinely appreciative of. Like that's kind of the general range of – Wow, it's a beautiful day outside, man! I'm glad I was born in 1977 and didn't have to fight in World War II. <laughs> like these are the things that go through my head. I eat this super weird but amazing Euro breakfast from one of those spreads. It's got like meats and cheeses and muesli and like some indescribable stuff. Things that you don't even know what the hell's going on with whatever that pudding concoction is. But it's very quintessential for kind of like a mid-range. European hotel but it's just like amazing I don't know there's something about being in one of those if you've been it's one of those if you know you know you but you could also be one of those Americans it's like this is gross like where's my normal like where's a bagel or something else but <laughs> these spreads are uh, incredible so I take a cold shower have the breakfast I did my run had the breakfast took a cold shower throw on my suit and I head over to the venue and the stage seems gigantic not, didn't fully, I mean, I'd watched some videos from what past DMX Mexicos look like. But this just felt, this just felt a, lot, it felt a lot bigger. And, again, I don't feel like I appreciated the opportunity enough. This is the one chance that I had to for people to walk away and be like, holy shit, that weird guy from Brooklyn was amazing. I have to ask him to speak at my thing. Because the concept of caring more but giving fewer fucks was so well delivered that it blew my mind. Like, that's what I wanted people to walk away with. But because this was the side hustle and because I didn't stop and think some of those key core questions that I could have, which I blame on not appreciating the opportunity as much as I should have, that's not the way that it went. It was okay. As the kids say, it was probably mid. I can't—I have a trouble watching myself, so I— Can't really watch it to fully judge myself, but I just know that it was just okay, and it's an opportunity I'll never get again. So my learnings from that and my appreciation for the experience, both good and not great, that's going to resonate with me for my entire life. That will never not be in my head, and part of that's because there are layers to these, to this addiction that I'm trying to describe. What I just told you about is the core layer, right? That's kind of like the day-to-day, the things that you see, how you feel about any given moment, things around you, who you have, what you are, your health, etc. And then there's the compounding layer, I'll call it. And that's the understanding that fueling your addiction is just a good thing, but it really appreciates over time. Right? So you have to have the core, but then you have to do it on a consistent basis, and that creates the compounding layer. And then there's what I'll call the icing on the cake layer. Just because you appreciate doesn't mean that you are super clear on the why and outcome and how to connect those. Let me say that again. The icing on the cake layer of being addicted to appreciation is just because you appreciate something doesn't mean you're super clear on the why and the outcome and how to connect the two right? So my example for that would be the DMX co. It wasn't that I wasn't appreciative of being invited. It wasn't that I wasn't appreciative and didn't put in effort and care. And the presentation looked aesthetically looked really, really good. And the points made sense. And it was logical. And I probably presented okay. But I didn't take the opportunity and take that icing on the cake layer and really connect the dots so that I could be crystal clear on everything that I had in front of me in that moment. So here's how you can start and fuel your own addiction too, because I, I can say there's not a lot of things that I will promise in life, but I'll promise you that life will get better if you can let your addiction to appreciation run wild. So you got to start with of acknowledgement of what it can do for you. If you acknowledge the fact that this will help, that it will make your days feel more fulfilled, then that's, that's where you got to go, right? It'll make you happier when you think this way because the touch points are all around you on a consistent basis. Just like I try to explain that 402 to 403 window. And if you can start to appreciate that core layer, those things that are just inherently around you on a consistent basis then you can get into how those things compound over time. But if you're stuck on the core layer, ask yourself questions like this. Is this something I'm 100% guaranteed every day? Getting up out of bed, for me, getting up out of bed, being in that house, being next to my wife, the ability to grab my bucket of stuff and go downstairs, functioning phone because I've got power in my house, Right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Answer in most cases is definitely not. Is it guaranteed every day? Absolutely not. I do not know what's going to happen between now and tomorrow morning where I can say for certain it is a high likelihood, but it is not guaranteed. Really bad things happen to really good people all the time. Why the fuck should I be so, I don't know, it's not full of myself, but why should I be so oblivious that I think, oh, yeah, for sure that's going to happen. Just like why, why should I have thought, oh, yeah, no, somebody will let me know if these analogies don't work at the DMX co-presentation. The core layer is the day-to-day. It's the things around you. If you're stuck on the core layer, think about the question, is this 100% guaranteed every day? And if it's not, maybe that will help you appreciate it that much more because then you'll get to the compounding layer and that's how things can appreciate over time. And it just starts to have this amazing snowball effect. Like right now, what are things around you that you might look at and be like, wow, I appreciate this this much much more. Maybe you're listening to this in a car and you're like, this car is kind of a piece of crap, but... Am I guaranteed to have it tomorrow? Maybe appreciate the fact that it continues to chug along somehow. Maybe you're multitasking at the office and there's something on your desk that reminds you of something that you wish you had thought of this way. I think it can be all around us all the time in so many different ways, big and small. And when you do this, it can start to become intoxicating. I mean, think of, okay, here's one example that basically applies to most people or anybody that drinks coffee. Can you appreciate how long it took for that coffee bean that was in your coffee this morning? I don't care if you had a Keurig or, you know, Sanka or some fancy-ass Starbucks thing. The time it took for that thing to grow to get picked... To get transported, bagged, labeled, shipped, purchased, ground, steeped, if that's the right word. And then handed to you by somebody who may have been super nice, not nice at all, professional barista, somebody at a convenience store. But think about that. That that one coffee bean that ended up in your coffee, there was a lot of things that (laughs) had to happen between it growing and ending up in your coffee. There are just, There's different ways to look at what happens around us in day-to-day life. And I believe that addiction to appreciation can help us look at things differently and make a lot out of even just the most mundane, basic shit. And if you allow yourself to become to this, I think you're going to live a more fulfilling life. And it's going to enhance the world around you because you start to exude it a bit. And it starts to rub off in other ways. The compounding fact, you will find amazing where this will take you in time. And then the icing will start to soon appear after that. Right, you'll start to be able to connect these dots and you'll be able to start to see kind of the segments so to speak, as to how this addiction to appreciation just continues to provide clarity as to how to act in certain situations, how to ask the right questions, how to make the most of anything that you have in front of you. So give it a try please I think it's a thousand percent worth it and just give yourself the opportunity to look at things differently on a day-in and day-out basis you're not going to get hooked if you don't try it and you can start by simply acknowledging that today is the only today that you will ever get and for that reason alone I appreciate you giving me your time today because it's the only one that you ever get and you just gave chunk of it to me and I appreciate you for that. My name is Tim and I'm long-winded by nature and I hope you now understand why I'm addicted to appreciation and how it can help you too.